I very rarely reflect on what I can lift. I'm always thinking of what I can lift next. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true champion. Welcome back to Astronaut to Zookeeper podcast. I'm the art teacher formerly known as Miss Willis and I'm on a mission to catch up with former students to see what career paths they've taken and what advice they would give their 14-year-old self all with the aim to open up the imagination for young people when it comes to life after school. And I'm joined uh, by none other than a world champion, (laughs) Mr Julian McCarrow. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thanks. You all right? Yeah, no, I'm really good. Thanks for coming on the podcast. So uh, is this right? Are you um, a world powerlifting champion and 2019 British champion with two world records and a lifetime veggie? Is that correct? Yes. I mean, <laughs> technically, I'm the I'm the current three-time world champion because um, I won it three years in a row. Amazing. And I can't remember how many times I've won the British but I am the current one as well. Um, and I think I still have at least two world records, I think. I did check recently. <laughs> one of them went, but I think I still have two because I had a few more before. And yes, I'm still a lifetime Reggie. That's amazing. I, I love how you're saying, yeah, no, I think, I think I've still got those. Like if I, I have them <laughs> on my wall next to me, you know, every time I met somebody. Well, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. I know you're super busy. Um, but no. I really want to jump into all of that, what all that means, what a power lifter means, and to talk about, you know, um, life being a vegetarian whilst you're doing all of this and all that sort of thing. Um, but can I take you back a bit to when you were younger? Can you remember what you wanted to be when you were five years old? Um, when I was five, probably either a footballer or a mm. racing car driver oh really okay yeah. so it's all about the kind of thrill of thrill of physical what the world i suppose yeah although when i reflect on it now it's probably competition driven okay yeah that makes sense um also because like football and motorsports was always like big in our family and it's on tv okay. so it just was natural that that's what i wanted to do so obviously I remember you as a teenager um so did you when you were a teenager did you still want to kind of go down that that footballer route or the racing driver route or did things change well not I kept my interest within motorsport but Mm. going down a racing driver route turned out to be quite hard (laughs) because you need a lot of money to do that so I would just regularly do go-karting so like for birthdays, okay. uh, weekends when I was free, I'll just go down to my local go-kart track. Um, and I would still do that up until lockdown, to be honest. Every birthday, we would all go go-kart. And we just took it up a step. So we would now, because obviously we all have jobs, we would just rent out the entire track <laughs> for ourselves. So are you, amongst your friends, are you still like, are you the best go-kart driver? Or <laughs> uh, Technically... If you were, these are racing driver excuses now. So (laughs) if you were to compare my weight to performance, Uh, I would be the best. Can you describe what you were like at school? I mean, I remember you being like the tall, silent guy that sat at the back of my class that was always polite and lovely. (laughs) Can you describe what you were like? Yeah, I guess that probably sums it up. 
Um, I try to get on with everyone. Uh, I try to include. I feel like these are the <laughs> these are the standards that Red Bull talk about all the time. <laughs> I try to include everyone. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I was quite quiet, but I am still quiet anyway. Um, I didn't used to get into too much trouble. I mean, I, I was probably quite mischievous. But it wasn't anything, anything crazy or outrageous. Here's a question. If you had to describe um, what a powerlifter is to like an alien, so in its simplest terms, like what do you do as a powerlifter? So powerlifting is um, a strength sport. So it differs to weightlifting, which most people think or compare it to. So you have three core lifts, um, the squat. So it's where you have the bar on your back and you effectively bend down like you're sitting down and you come up. Uh, the next lift is the bench press. So that's where you lie flat on your back on a bench and you have the, the weight on a bar and it comes down to touch your chest. Um, and the last lift is a deadlift. So where you stand up and the, the weight's on the floor and you stand up with it um, and it comes up until you're stood up straight. So it's pretty much, it's not as much technical. So Olympic weightlifting is very technical and you'll do things overhead. Weightlifting is a demonstration of pure strength. Okay. And and so how is that recorded? So do you have to have completed all three of those in order for everything to count? Is it like a cum- yeah. cumulative amount or something? Total. Yeah. So there's different types of um, divisions. So you have full power, which is the most common one. And that's where you do, you have three attempts of each lift and your best attempt of each lift makes your total. And then your total is how you're scored. Um, one thing though, if you, let's say you want to squat a hundred and you miss that squat, so you can't do it, you can't come back down. You can only redo the same weight or go heavier. Right. I see. I see. Wow. So there's quite a lot of rules involved. Yeah, there's a lot of rules. There's timing. So each person has a total time, I think of one minute to perform the lift. Oh, really? So once your, yeah, once your name is said, you have the timer. And you can be timed out. I've been timed out. I was actually timed out at the Euros. I think I was almost timed out at the Worlds in Orlando. Um, that's a bit of pressure. I was going to say, so what's what's sort of going through your head? At, so why do you get, is it like, are you preparing yourself before the lift or is it during the lift that you're timing it? Both. So I lift with um, knee wraps. So it's just some, it's a material you can wrap around your knees for support. And because if you're very good at doing knee wraps, you can make them very tight, which can add to how much you can lift because it adds like elasticity. Uh, you can only have it on for so long. So you want to time literally just before you're about to go onto the platform when you put them on. So sometimes, I think at the Euros, I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> and they called my name and it usually takes, a, it actually takes about two minutes to put them on. And they called my name and I had one minute. So I was rushing Um and I think I got timed out. I think I got just under the bar and it was timed out. So, What sort of reaction do people have when you say um, that you're a power lifter? I mean, do, do, do people sort of challenge you to arm wrestles and things like that? What, what, what do people think? <laughs> <laughs> um, only my friends, as a, as a joke, they will challenge me to arm wrestle. But most people are like... Yeah, I could see that you did some that you do some form of sport. 
mm-hmm. or something. Um, it used to be, do you play basketball? Because I'm really tall. Mm-hmm. But then obviously, as I got bigger, like physically bigger, I think I'm too big to be like a natural basketball player. So they're like, do you do some form of strength training? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I explain, I do powerlifting. They're usually just intrigued, to be honest. Okay. They just want to know more. I never, <laughs> I actually never tell them like my achievements. I just say, yeah, I'm a, I do powerlifting. And then it's normally other people with me who are like, yeah, but he's also a world champion and he <laughs> represents Team GB and oh yeah <laughs> you're a humble guy that's that that's good yeah. we like that we like that <laughs> can you tell me the difference between is there a difference between an amateur and professional powerlifter how does it work in in that industry so it's a bit of a weird one because amateur ones apparently you're amateur if you don't get paid mm. so if you do any competitions but you don't get paid at all, your class is amateur. And then also, they have um, professional lifters who take steroids. So they might not be paid, but if they take steroids, they're classed as professional. Whereas you can lift in the same federation, but if you want to compete naturally, you're classed as amateur. Oh, right. Okay. So, because I'm a lifetime natural, um, I compete as an amateur okay. but because because it's a, sometimes the competitions are too easy um i will go to the professional competitions and compete as a natural so mm. i'll be drug tested still right. but it just gives me a chance to go head to head with some people who are not drug tested right that's that's an interesting world i mean how do you feel about people who are not doing it the natural way the kind of steroid route what's your opinion on all of that i don't mind but it's because so many of my friends because i'm friends with a lot of bodybuilders and that's Mm -hmm. their full-time job so obviously anything which is your full-time job is classed as professional yeah so loads of my friends are like professional bodybuilders so that's more aesthetic and how you look on stage and you you walk around the stage and um yeah that's that's part of their that's their job so they've Mm -hmm. hit their natural peak because they've hit as strong as they can be and as big as they can be naturally, and then they started to take steroids. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's just a part of the game. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. thing where it becomes annoying is when people try to cheat. So there's been a few, quite a few cases where you'll be competing in the natural federation, and some people try to cheat, and they might be t- they might have taken steroids throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then they've just stopped taking in the hope that they can cheat the drug test. What's the what's the pull to it? I mean, is it the training that you really enjoy? Is it when you achieve it? Or is it the whole thing that's that's kind of the buzz? Um, for me, it's more setting personal records. Yeah. So I, I've often had this like discussion with myself going into a lot of comps. Like, would I prefer to win the competition because the competition I'm going against is subpar. Mm-hmm. So let's say I can lift 500 kilo. Would I want to go in and win knowing uh, all I need to do is 300? Or would I want to come second but lift 501 or something like that? Right, okay. Um, and I prefer to beat myself. And then naturally from trying to beat myself, I end up beating everyone else. Right. Lot, so in competition with yourself. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because people are asking me as well, like, how am I still training in quarantine? 
what are you motivated for? Because obviously all the competitions got cancelled. Um, but I just like to try and better what I've done before. <laughs> so you're a vegetarian. Are you actually a vegan? No, I'm not vegan. I'm just vegetarian. Okay. So is this a choice that you made sort of prior to the powerlifting or, or since? I've always been vegetarian. Um, my parents brought me up vegetarian. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe I was probably lazy, so I was just used to it. Um, but then when I did actually start training and my friends were like, oh, I reckon if you ate meat, it could add to your lifts. I've always been of the opinion that I'm still getting stronger without it and there's a lot of health benefits so mm. I don't really see the need to um, start eating meat now yeah, yeah. and now as, as um, ironically now uh, as time goes on more and more of my friends who compete are trying to implement a slightly more vegetarian based diets just a meal here and there just because they personally feel like it can benefit them anyway so can you describe a best day as a powerlifter? What's what's one of your best times or best days you've had? Uh, it was definitely winning my first world championship in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I ever went to America. So that was cool. It was the first overseas international competition I ever did. Um I won, obviously, that was cool. And it was close. It was a very close competition. So there was a lot lying on, I think, my second to last lift. And um, you could tell, like, loads of the GB people were quite nervous. They're like, <laughs> oh, is he going to do it? And then uh, I knew I could do it. <laughs> yeah. So I did it. And then it was just a massive relief. And everyone was, everyone was really happy. Because in powerlifting, although you compete against each other, everyone secretly wants you to just do well they just yeah. want to see how far people can push. so okay. when i did it everyone was um really happy and that was cool and then i got to celebrate because i spent the rest of my time in chicago amazing so when when was that what year was that 2017 okay very cool so do you what do you win is it a trophy is it a belt what, what what's the uh, it honestly depends on the event organizer so Depending on each country will go for a bid and whichever country hosts it, it's up to them. But usually you get a medal and possibly something. Mm-hmm. I have got, like, I've got trophies, I've got medals. I've even got a dagger. <laughs> a da- um, <laughs> where where uh, did you get a dagger? <laughs> it was from a, a, no, it was an international cup, which was in Folkestone. Okay. And as some special prize, they were giving away daggers, shields, and I think a sword. Wow. Um, I want to, one of my friends from America, he also wanted a dagger or an axe. I don't know how he got it back home. <laughs> I was going to say, customs is a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's what's the flip side then? Can you can you describe, because um, obviously there'll be peaks and troughs, wouldn't there? Um, so what, what, what's been a, a worse day for you or a really bad experience you've had? Um, I didn't realise, but my girlfriend told me on reflection that my prep for my last year's world championship was probably my lowest point mm-hmm. because I just kept failing. So she was like, oh, you were actually, you were really down. But I right. didn't notice. But um, yeah, I failed a lot. I got crushed by a lot of weight. A lot of weight fell on, like physically fell on me. I was going to ask, um, have you had like a crazy, <laughs> in- like it scares me just even looking uh, at what you do, but any injuries? 
Not really, not as crazy as some of my friends. I mean, I had nerve damage in my thumb purely because the fold of the skin, like in the middle bit, it like folded over while I was lifting. So it lost circulation there during I was lifting. Like it was like 335 kilo, so it like squashed that nerve, um, and I couldn't feel all. I couldn't feel all of here for maybe a month. Oh so I had to go to physiotherapy. Right. I couldn't even like when you put your hand in your pocket. I couldn't even figure out if I was holding a key or, or oh, um, oh, that was weird. Um, weird. And then I've had little injuries, so like I've tweaked my back a little bit, but nothing serious. Okay. Because I, I guess it's the, is it the bench press one where you're lifting? Like it, it's, that yeah. is the fear, right? That you, and I suppose that's why you have people around you in case, yeah. <laughs> in case it falls, right? It drops on you. Oh. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen it fall, but I've, I've seen it fall on people um, usually because like their pec tears. So their chest, like okay. the tie in here, it actually tears and right. then it just fails and then they can't lift it and then it, it will drop. So that's, that's quite a scary thought. Yeah. Um, that's never happened to me. <laughs> the squat, and then the squat when it's on your back, that's the one where I've failed the most. Like, I think the heaviest weight which I've had drop on me was, I almost fell over with 295 kilo. I stumbled. That was scary. Um, I fell over with 275 and the person spotting me was too small, <laughs> so oh, he tried no. to he tried to pick it up with me, and he couldn't. So it just fell over. Um, but nothing serious has happened. I mean, when you when you were first answering that question, you were talking about how you were kind of feeling mentally. I mean, how does how much does sort of mental health uh, feature in your training as well as obviously physical training? Uh, a lot. Every training session I watch, um, so my, the music I play is usually alongside like motivational chats or like epic feats of strength compilations. So other people stronger than me, like it'll be like compilations of them training um, just to reinforce positive habits. Um, and then, yeah, that's usually what I do so that's just ingrained through every single training session uh, so it's just normal now so it's part of the practice sort of getting your head in the right place yeah because um I've been training with one of my friends he's a lot younger but he it's very easy to get like for your brain to play tricks on you mm. and then for you to doubt yourself so he doubted himself yesterday when he was going for a personal best lift um, and he didn't get it because he overfought it. Okay. Um, and then he, I was like, no, you just need to stop thinking about it. Just, you, I know you can do it. You can do this lift. Um, and he went for it again and he almost got it. And it just shows that if he hadn't wasted his energy on the first attempt, he 100% would have got it. Mm. And he now knows. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not even nervous. I'll just try it again in a few weeks. Mm. Um, so that plays a big part. And it can play a big part at competition because there's a lot of pressure, especially when people <laughs> when people are uh, like shouting when they're announcing like, "Oh, you're going for like a world record," or "You're going for the win." If you get this, you win. Then that can add a lot of pressure. So if you haven't built up that resilience yeah. um, mentally, mm-hmm. then 
you're probably gonna crumble yeah well i mean it's it's good advice for life as well right you know it's it's kind of thinking ahead and mentally preparing for for whatever you're about to enter in so it's yeah it's yeah. it's important to have like your routines and your own kind of um mental health sort of journey as it were no it's true so you work for red bull so what is it you actually do at red bull i can't remember what my official title is but basically <laughs> <laughs> there's three of us uh, in red bull in the it department okay so that's the head office in the uk and there's my boss so he's the head of it my colleague looks after mostly mac related stuff and mm-hmm. i do uh, projects and windows related so i do a lot of or i do all the it projects pretty much so is that your so is that what you studied further like um sort of it stuff yes i studied uh-huh. computing at uni basically when after uni i asked my friends at the gym i was like do you know anyone in it who i could do some work experience with and my friend was like yeah i know the head of it <laughs> at red bull so i went to the interview and it turned out that we both went to the andrews and then we just we both have lots of common interests and we both know loads of people. So he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll bring you on. That's like work experience. Um, and then the yeah, agent kept me on. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful link, isn't it? So obviously Red Bull and, and everything that that represents and then what you're doing too. So it fits quite well for you. Do you enjoy it there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I do. Um, if you can make connections and friends in Red Bull, like Red Bull's connected everywhere. Any holiday I go to, uh, if they sell Red Bull there, they'll have an account manager. And usually, if you ask, they can hook you up in some way. I don't drink or like go to clubs, so I don't benefit from that. But when I went to New York, for example, um, we have a football team. So they gave me like VIP access to the football team. Um, yeah, like when I was in Orlando, we had access to some crazy go-kart and arena place. So they hooked me up there and... Yeah, Red Bull's really cool. Do you actually enter competitions where you do other, is it money prizes? Do you do you get money from being a, a powerlifter yourself? No, I, I pay for all of my own. So quite a lot of other powerlifters, they might have, well, actually, most of them have sponsors mm-hmm. uh, or they might have like a GoFundMe page because obviously, for example, if you want to go to America, you have to pay for the flights, hotel, yeah. the food, um you have to pay to enter you have to pay to be a member but i'm i pay for my own stuff okay uh people always ask why doesn't red bull sponsor you i was gonna ask (laughs) (laughs) red bull uk don't sponsor um strength training they sponsor weird things and at the moment they don't sponsor strength training it could change one day but they do they do help me in every way they can so they give me all all my filming kit they give me anything i need that they have they'll let me have it um when i go overseas as i said they'll hook me up uh obviously they acknowledge all of my achievements so anytime i've won anything they'll announce it in like our monthly company-wide meeting they'll be like so it's not like they don't support it it's just they support it as much as they can is there a kind of an age where you have to be careful about training if you're too young or if your body's not quite fully developed or what would you say? People always say that, but I've looked and I can't see any like research to show it. Mm-hmm. 
And I reckon that if you train from your young, as long as you're sensible, it's going to be yeah. more beneficial than eating sweets and playing right. Xbox. Exactly, because you're, 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 you're maintaining the health. I think you're right, as long as you're kind of balanced and, and being sensible about what you're doing. Yeah. What's the scene like for females um, in, in the industry, power, power lifting? It's definitely on the, on the rise. Yeah, it's massively growing. And it's actually, so what a lot of people don't know, uh, one way to measure your how strong you are, you've got your total, which is the combined all of your lifts, but also there's a formula where you compare your body weight to your total. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the top three powerlifters in the world across every single federation compared to their body weight uh, are women. Really, that's and, interesting. And I think number one is like so far ahead of any guy. I can't see any guy hitting that ratio. She is so strong. And the thing, and like men don't make fun of it. Like men don't look down on women powerlifters. If they're strong, they're just like, yeah, you're strong. (laughs) And they often respect it. Um, One of the people that I follow a lot on Instagram, um, and whatever she says, I'm like, I'm going to try that, uh, is a woman powerlifter. So it's cool. Just to give a little bit of context of, obviously, you're you're, um, explaining lifts in terms of the weights. And I guess my my brain doesn't always work like that. So can you can you compare what you lift to something like a physical object or how many people? Do you know what I mean? I have to Google that. We did that in work, actually. At a conference, we compared how many of one of our directors I could lift. Let me see. So my best total is 840 kilos. So if I was to do my best deadlift, because that's a single lift, that's the equivalent of me lifting 4.8 people. That's mad. Average men. So I guess that's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Do you not ever think of it like that? Not really. I I very rarely reflect on what I can lift. I'm always thinking of what I can lift next. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true champion. (laughs) Thank you so much for for talking to me, Julian. I I feel like I've entered into this whole new world that I knew little about, but I'm intrigued. (laughs) Thank you. Huge thanks again to Julian for coming on the show. Um, What a humble guy. Even though he's got all of those world records and accolades and daggers and such, um, he's still so kind of mellow and chilled out and down to earth. We we love it. Um, Just a reminder that you can find Julian's follow-up three pieces of advice when it comes to the world of competitive sport on our Instagram account page, which is at Astro Zookeeper. Also, you can check out more uh, links to Julian's own YouTube channels, etc. And they'll be in the show notes. And just a reminder that I'd really appreciate it if you've enjoyed our show, any of our shows, um, if you could give it a rate and review on wherever you get your podcasts as it really does um, help people find us Um, and finally of course thanks to you for listening